Welcome to the Ward Zero podcast, covering the civic issues you most want to talk about. You are now entering Ward Zero. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of the Ward Zero podcast. My name is Asmahan Razavi, and I am joined by Darren Krauss and Jeremy Zhao. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge that we live, work, and record this podcast on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Siksika, the Kainai, and the Pekani peoples, the Sutina, the Stony Nakoda Nations, and Métis Nation Region 3, and all people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. This is the final episode of our season, and we are going to be taking a look back at 2022 and uh, maybe giving some insight into what 2023 is going to look like. Hopefully it'll be, you know, the 2020s have not started out too well for all of us. So I'm hoping 2023 is a sunshine rainbows year. I think karma owes us all a little bit. There'd be no reason to have a podcast if it was all sunshine and rainbows. Well, it's not going to be like sunshine and rainbows, but like maybe, you know, we can have some like cloudy skies once in a while, but maybe not like a deluge every day would be kind of nice is all I'm saying. It's Um, all sunshine here. Jeremy is joining us from Australia. So for this podcast, we're going to start with some hot takes, maybe just one hot take, but I feel like it's going to lead into a few. And I'm going to talk as their, you know, former resident Torontonian about a, about an article that was published in Toronto Life, uh, which is a kind of a little bit like nose up in the air magazine in Toronto. I'm going to fully admit to that, which I used to read. <laughs> just just to confess. And there was an article that went viral uh, about this woman who heard the Alberta is calling ad and actually picked up the phone and decided to move to Edmonton. There is some speculation that she actually moved to Leduc, actually, and not Edmonton. Hated Alberta, left for three months, left after three months, I should say, when she realized that uh, Leduc potentially didn't have the kind of nightlife that First of all, she alleges, the article alleges it's Toronto, but we all know it's Mississauga, not Toronto. So for, first of all, I just want to like make that clear. It, it was it was the kind of article that I think united Calgarians, Edmontonians, all people in Alberta uh, with a shared disdain of the article and potentially Toronto Life magazine. And uh, I really honestly feel a little bit bad for the author because I don't know that she knew that that kind of backlash come because it was swift and it was a lot. And even Cactus Club, who I think she wants more of, had to lock their Twitter. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot, Jeremy and Darren. Did you did you guys catch this? I only caught the dribs and drabs of it um, just through some of the social media memes. But you know what? It's it's really funny because in my year-ender with, with Mayor Gondek, she made a comment not necessarily related to this Toronto Life article, but just a comment in general that wouldn't it be nice if writers out East actually knew what the hell they were talking about when they wrote about this province. I mean, it would just be nice and it just furthers that. Well, you know what? Sorry. I'm the wrong person to be talking to about taking the piss out of Toronto and they, the way that they view journalism in general and the West, but I will say that the mayor is absolutely right. I mean, I think this is a classic example of a 
author um, looking at a situation, feeding every single stereotype and finding a person who will fit that stereotype and then write a big article about it. And that is exactly what they tried to do with that piece in my mind. Well, I, I think this is a different take. I think that's exactly what the reaction Toronto Life was looking for. I feel like anything that's negative about Alberta tends to trend and live rent-free in everybody's heads in Alberta. And we like overreact. And that's exactly the reaction that they're looking for. Like if you wrote an article about anything else, like if it was BC or Saskatchewan, like they would not care. But for some reason, when you talk about, I don't know, LaDuke, Alberta, everybody gets all upset and they go, this is not what it's like. And I'm like, it, you are living rent. They're living rent free in your head right now. Just get over it. I don't know. I don't know. I would, I feel like if somebody wrote an article about Vancouver being like Vancouver, so rainy could only stay for three months. Vancouverites would be like, didn't have the right jacket, like didn't know. And I, this is, this is a mistake I made when I moved there. Didn't know that you really need Gore-Tex to survive not just a regular raincoat, you know? <laughs> so, so I don't know about that, but I will say as someone who's moved around a lot, three months is not enough time to like really get a good sense of a place. Like, I feel like every time I've moved, it's been like at least six months until I felt like I started settling in, started understanding a city or place. Um, actually I, I should say city. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if Alberta really got a fair shake. So maybe the author should move to Calgary, stay for six months, and then just become a Calgarian. Who knows? That's kind of what happened to me. I thought I was just going to be here for six months. And now, like... Don't they have, like, the highest number of cactus clubs per capita in, like, Vancouver? Isn't there, like, a, a cactus club, like, every second block? I think there's a saying, like, every single place with a good view in Vancouver has a cactus club. It's, like, a must. I mean, like, like nothing against Cactus Club, but but why that? Like, why why cat doesn't even have a Cactus Club? Also, Cactus Club, why lock your Twitter? Lean into it. Like, enjoy the free PR. You know. All right. So that was my hot take. What, okay. What are you saying to me, Esmahan? <laughs> I don't know why I'm whispering it because going, you're gonna. Should we go on? <laughs> Okay, it's been a long year, Darren, okay? All right, so before we head into a review of 2022 and a peek into 2023, we're going to go into some quick hits. Darren, I'm going to turn it over to you. There's a lot happening. Yeah, we have to finish up 2022 first. Uh, I'm just going to reel through these very quickly. Route ahead, uh, it got a rough ride at, at council. It's this debate over primary transit network frequency, 10-minute service, 15 hours a day, seven days a week over coverage-based system, which is what we have. And the funny thing is, is that many of the suburban councillors who quite often tend to be the ones who want to keep the taxes lower are advocating for coverage and more frequent service, which I think Calgary Transit had said in order to do that effectively, it would require another $180 million, which for anyone who covers City Hall, that is roughly about a 10% property tax increase. Anyways, 
Civic Partners Framework, this is a nerdy little thing that I'm going to throw in here. The city is going to examine what sort of framework and what sort of key performance indicators for the civic partners. There's 18 primary ones who get funding of about $120 million uh, each year in operating cash. So they're going to put together a, a little bit more scrutiny for, for some of those. Um, I want to point out a story about Santa Claus today that uh, Aaron Toombs wrote. Really, really great story uh, about a fella who was, you know, in trouble with the law for years, a, a an ex-biker gang member who has had a rebirth of sorts as St. Nick here in Calgary. It's a really good story, actually. Uh, so I would encourage you all to go to livewirecalgary.com to, uh, to read it. Temporary sign bylaw review. This one's tricky. We all don't love the signs that are uh, along the side of the road, you know, especially during election time. But uh, councillors are going to revisit the temporary sign bylaw and maybe put a little bit of teeth behind removing some of those signs that litter boulevards like Esmahan's uh, a few elections back. I'm just kidding. And there is uh, there's a story that actually just uh, that just came out today around the removal of shelter doors at the Chinook LRT station. It's it's caused a bit of stir because it's this idea of you know wanting to not allow people to congregate at LRT stations, so they're making it uncomfortable. But by doing that, they're making it uncomfortable for, for the people who are waiting for transit. So, I mean, obviously there are a lot of issues at play here on that one. Uh, but uh, that one is definitely making news. The city said it's just part of their plan to encourage those who are sleeping outside or who are experiencing homelessness to uh, find the appropriate services where they can uh, they can find shelter. And that's it for me. We're going to head into uh, our segments looking uh, looking back at 2022 and then forward at 2023. And we're going to start with the top civic news stories of 2022. Darren and Jeremy, I want to hear what you both think were the top stories, but I'm going to start with mine and I'm going to cheat because I'm not going to necessarily pick a civic news story. I'm going to talk about the fact that Danielle Smith was elected leader of the UCP and subsequently, obviously, Premier of Alberta. Even though that's a provincial news story, though, I do think it has a really big impact on us as a city. And we've seen lots and lots of headlines generated because of that for our city, whether that's her, you know, sending a letter to Mayor Gondek about the arena or about uh, a train to the airport slash train to ban for whether it's the impact her policies have had on um, healthcare here in the city, including EMS wait times and, and wait times in hospitals and, and everything like that, or whether it's the fact that the Calgary Chamber had to come out and admonish her a little bit for the Sovereignty Act, which is now law here in, uh, in the land of Alberta, uh, and which, you know, there's quite a I would say, uh, well-founded concern that this is going to drive away investment, generate a lot more Toronto Life articles, and uh, just be a really bad, bad for our city's not just reputation at a critical time when we are trying to attract investment and diversify our economy, um, but also drive away people who've made their homes here because they will 
wonder whether this is a viable city to live in for themselves and for their children as they think about um, building a future. So that's my top civic news story of the year. Hmm. I mean, I get it. Danielle Smith brought in a lot of, uh, she definitely impacted municipalities. So I could see it as a, as a civic news story uh, for, for 2022, but I'm going to call you on it. Esmahan. I actually do think you cheated a little bit. Um, if we were running an Alberta podcast, uh, perhaps this would work. Um, but no, there's no doubt that Danielle Smith as the premier <laughs> Uh, she has definitely influenced a lot of what's gone on in the city of Calgary this year. Yeah, I acknowledge I cheated, but, uh, you know, it was a good cause, I think. What do you think, Darren? What was your top news story? I mean, there, there there's so many. And, and I look at this from my perspective uh, only uh, because there are a lot of things that a lot of people would think are are perhaps bigger stories. But we kind of started this year with the whole Sean Chu thing. And, you know, there was always things going on throughout the year. But then this photograph situation where uh, Sean Chu admitted to taking the photograph of Mayor Gondek's vehicle in a secure parking garage. I, I, I think to me, that really sticks out as a top news story of 2022 just because it is ongoing and i really think that moving into 2023 perhaps something more gets done but i think that there were a lot of things that came from this story uh that influenced city hall in a lot of ways i talked to the mayor about it in the in the year ender although she didn't really answer the question but this whole term thus far, they've had a pall cast over it, whether it's it's Sean Chu or whether it's Dan McLean or whether it's now the Giancarlo Carra situation. So I would say that specific news story for me, I think it was a really big deal that it cost the city $17 million to get out of or to close out the failed arena deal with no indication of whether or not that money is just lost or whether some of it can be salvaged through a new deal. So for me, Chu is probably, the Chu situation is a news story for 2022. And as a as a secondary one, I would say the arena deal and the, the $16.8 million cost. I'm going to bring up the Chu photograph thing in a, in a different way. So I agree that was a, that was a really big story. Uh, and one that I think stuck with me, at least in, in a lot of different ways. Jeremy, you have a you have one too. What's yours? I chose a theme. I don't know if that is also cheating. I didn't choose one particular article because since moving to Victoria, what has definitely influenced me is this topic of housing and Calgary with the new communities that we've been talking about at least a lot at the beginning of 2022. I think that's going to be something that's still ongoing. It's it's such a huge topic, right? When you look at what happened in BC and how they're handling affordable housing, what the Premier of Ontario has done with the Green Belt. Calgary's been talking about missing middle. Calgary's been talking about how do we increase housing stock. We're in a particularly different uh, type of geography where we can spread out through the prairies. 
but I still think housing is huge just with inflation this year with mortgage rates going up. I looked at rent, particularly in kind of downtown Beltline area. Rent has gone up significantly in Calgary. Housing, surprisingly, has also gone up significantly. And when I compare it now to other cities, it's not like as if it's the same advantage as what we've been talking about from the province where Alberta is calling. That affordability is shrinking in Calgary. And I still think that is the top newsmaker of 2022, just with what's been happening. The missing middle one is a, is a really good one, especially in Calgary. That was a hot button topic through uh, a large part of the year. And you know what, when you dovetail that with affordability, uh, yeah, I can see that as, as one of the top, uh, top civic news stories. I'll, I'll also layer that on if, if you don't mind, Jeremy, the, the, the push that the city has had to create more affordable housing, actually, that, that there was a number of announcements th this year, uh, including the first office conversion as well in the city to affordable housing, uh, Neoma through home space. That's one of the, uh, that, that was one of the bigger stories this year as well. So yeah, I, I can totally, I'm, I'm okay with your cheat, maybe not as much as, as Esmahan's cheat, but, um, I'm okay with the thematic approach to this one. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to bring up the renter thing in another segment, Jeremy. So I think, I think it's a really good theme that I think is super relevant. All right, so we're going to go on to our next topic, and that is the top newsmaker of 2022. And because I am yet again going to cheat, this time I'm not going to start. I'm just going to throw it to you, Darren. So my newsmaker of this year, this is where I go a little bit thematic, but I think for good reason. My newsmaker this year is transit. And I would say that this really started maybe a little bit last year, but it became a really big issue when we started with public safety at, at Calgary Transit. And it really became an issue early on in the year. And there was a real push to try and figure out ways to address the public safety aspect on, on Calgary Transit. Uh, it still continues to be an issue, as I mentioned in the, in the quick hits, the the issue with the Chinook station and having folks congregate there that was done, you know, out of a combination of, we need to move some of these unhoused Calgarians and also uh, continue to provide public safety at, at Calgary transit stations. But it goes beyond that. Esmahan, you sort of alluded to it with your cheat on Danielle Smith as the as the news story of the year, but uh, Danielle Smith getting involved in Calgary Transit, reaffirming the commitment, though questioning Calgary's downtown underground alignment, uh, but also talking about the desire to get an airport link for transit. But continuing on that, we have underground work that's ongoing in the Beltline. We have new Green Line cars that were unveiled this year. The, the prototype was unveiled. We have the Calgary Banff rail that, that, that folks were talking about. And as I mentioned in the quick hits, 
route ahead and this focus on primary transit network. So for me, the, the news maker of the year, the one that produced the most stories was definitely transit and transit related issues here in Calgary. Uh, I think that's a very, uh, actually very good take. And I will add too, like, I think transit was news in different ways. Like it became a somehow transit became the site of a discussion on safety and I think is continuing to be a discussion on safety. And we saw that uh, earlier in the year and, uh, you know, we heard about it uh, during budget. And I think that's only going to continue because we're dealing with like ridership issues. We are dealing with, you know, social media posts where if there is a flashpoint in transit that comes up and there's just so much around that. So, yeah, I think that's a great one. Jeremy? You know, it's it's nice to see all this. Maybe I'm still a bit pessimistic with transit. I still see the city uh, hesitating a lot. They have transit for the sake of transit. It's always been that way. Maybe it will change, you know, maybe because I left there. They're like, oh, okay, you know, one, one dude. Or maybe they're trying to attract, you know, a certain demographic from Mississauga to come over here finally and, you know, and take transit take transit to the uh, the popular cactus clubs that our city can uh, provide her. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm still kind of pessimistic about the transit situation. I feel like even if we build out the infrastructure, the, the reception just isn't there. And there, there, there is no coherent plan because it keeps changing all the time. Quick aside, I, I, I uh, heard the other day that, cities that have successfully built the best transit systems modeled them on the way ants travel throughout the city. And so that even though it seems like, I can't remember which cities this was, but even though it seems like some cities have like a slightly chaotic approach to their lines, it's actually like the best way to create travel. So anyway, quick fact, you can edit that out, Darren. Um, I just thought I would say it. Okay, Jeremy, who do you think was the top newsmaker of 2022? I feel like I cheated here because I said no newsmaker on my notes. I went through all of our notes throughout 2022 and there was nothing that 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 stuck out to me. And this has always been my my feeling of Calgary growing up here is that there, there's nothing really here that, you know, screams out to me that uh, that would be like such a such a game changer for the city. It's always been a growing city that still wants to have that small town feel. And it still continues to be that way, even in present and as we transition into 2023. But those are just my own personal opinions. Well, I struggled with this question too. And then I was going to do like a cutesy take and be like, you know, baby gorilla, Dosi, who was born a few months ago and is like, uh, I haven't seen her in person, but the pictures are like astoundingly cute. And then I was going to be like, no, Calgarians, because they showed some power when they went down to City Hall and spoke at budget. But then I was like, even that's too cheesy for me. And then I decided I would talk about a group that I don't think got enough attention this year. And Jeremy, you kind of alluded to it. And I think it's renters because in Calgary, rent has gone up 30% in this last year. And I think so often when we talk about housing, what we talk about is like housing prices, how much it costs for people to get into the market or to stay in the market. But if we're going to like, if we're, if people are seeing a 30% increase in rent, that means that a lot of people are not going to be able to afford rent 
in the future. They're going to be priced out there. And I think it's going to create some real, real challenges to housing in general in this city that I think we have to contend with. And Alberta is a province that actually does not have a rent cap. BC does. And so when I lived there, that was like a nice, uh, nice thing to know, because I mean, for people's rent to increase by that much, I think is, I think as people are dealing with, you know, wages not going up, increased cost of living in so many different ways, whether that's, you know, cost of groceries, cost of, uh, cost of really everything that they have to see their like housing prices increase so much uh, is going to present a real challenge. So I would like to see in 2023, more coverage of the rental experience in Calgary, especially because I think that with, you know, uh, what we're seeing with like variable mortgage rates and like Jeremy alluded to increased housing prices, there might be even more renters in the city next year. It's a really good one too. And I know that there were, there were a few stories that were done in Calgary this year, but I think it's because on balance, Calgary still had, for a large part of the year, it still had reasonable rental rates. And I actually just got a, a rentals.ca email um, that kind of outlined some of the rentals. And Calgary is still like 26th out of 31 cities in Canada in terms of the cost of rent. But it is going up. And I think what the big thing that you could see for 2023 is as we continue to squeeze more people out of the house, the housing market, it's just going to put more people in a position where they have to rent. And then it becomes a, a landlord's market, if you will, where they can just say, gosh, there's so many people renting, I can pretty much charge whatever the heck I want. And so we're going to end up get, getting to this point where People can neither afford a house, nor can they afford to rent a place. And then what happens? So maybe 2023 is the year that there's that 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 it breaks um, and something needs to be done. But there's no doubt that we're we're pushing towards that sort of tipping point between homes and the rentals that I, I just don't know if it's going to be sustainable. And those are just kind of domestic factors too. You add on immigration numbers that the federal government wants to see bringing in. Affordable housing stock is non-existent. It has been built in since really since the 60s and 70s, right? There's even if we start today, it's not possible to build that housing stock. I think you know when you compare Canada against the rest of the G7, we have some of the lowest housing stock or, or affordable housing stock. Don't quote me on that, but. Uh, we we rank one of the lowest in terms of availability of housing there. So, and and we're just talking about domestic factors here on this podcast. We haven't even considered the international pressures. Yeah. So, twenty twenty three, hopefully, the year of more coverage of this. And I mean, I think you alluded to this earlier, Jeremy, but housing was such a big issue this year. I think consistently we heard from all orders of government that it is like the crisis. But I don't think. The issue has been like credibly addressed, frankly, by like any order of government right government right now. And so the challenge is only going to be exacerbated next year. And I think that's going to be really, really hard for a lot of people um, as they try to live. And I, I did just on the affordable housing thing. I mean, I, I read I was reading a piece on affordability here in Calgary the other day. And I don't know how many people know that it takes like five months at least to be able to get a place 
uh, in affordable housing. I mean, if you think about what that means, some people living in like really dangerous situations or or being unhoused for a while, those, those are really, uh, that's a really staggering time period. So we we are kind of approaching, I think, a crisis on many fronts uh, on the housing market slash housing situation, which should also include renters and other people too. Okay, so that's a look back at 2022. So 2023, that's only a few days away, the year of maybe sunshine and rainbows. Darren, Jeremy, what are your bold takes for what's going to happen in 2023? So I think this one's cheating, but I'll try to tie it back to the theme here. I'm predicting a UCP win. And why uh, why I chose that as the prediction is because I still think they have a high likelihood of being elected back in, which will then kind of go a lot of the promises or a lot of the, you know, signals that, you know, we were going to do transit to the airport or an arena deal. They may go, okay, we won the election now. We're not going to go forward with that because we were elected on the mandate of being fiscally responsible. We, we don't see the case anymore after the fact. As long as we win Calgary as a battleground, then I just can't see the UCP delivering on all of the promises or the signals that they had uh, intended to, to do in the latter half of uh, 2022. That's Aaron. bold. That's bold. <clears throat> you know, what's bold is my kid had to make dinner for a school project and I'm just tasting some of it now. It's some pretty, pretty bold taste here. If this podcast doesn't get uh, edited and you never hear it, uh, then you know exactly what happened to me. Oh no. <laughs> no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's actually really good. It's, it's, it's quite tasty. My bold prediction for 2023 uh, and, and I've kind of taken my cue from the bold predictions, which is an entertainment feature on the NFL network. Every Sunday they do their bold predictions. And uh, again, it's for entertainment purposes only. I believe that at least one counselor will leave council in 2023. Let me lay out the reasons why. Obviously, as uh, I mentioned earlier, we have uh, one counselor in Ward 9, Giancarlo Carra. I don't know if the legal situation will be resolved or perhaps it is. And he is actually found guilty. Who knows? That could be one thing. Uh, Dan McLean, not for some of the transgressions that maybe he's been involved in in the past, though that may play a role in this but also because um, there could be a UCP seat that maybe he would like to run for. And I know that he has quite often been seen uh, cozying up with many of the UCP MLAs who are out there, very supportive of them. And of course, we have the Sean Chu situation and the reason why I bring that up is although in the past there was no resolution on it because the province said that they couldn't do anything with regard to Shanchu, that has since been forwarded back to the municipal affairs minister and perhaps 
something comes of that. So my bold prediction, at least one counselor, and that doesn't even include any of the other counselors who might, for some reason or another, decide that this gig just isn't for them. I raise you like, I mean, you said at least one, I think it's going to be two counselors that are gone in uh, 2023, but that's not really my bold prediction. My bold prediction is that <laughs> I actually really struggled with this, you guys. So I'm going to, I'm going to put on my uh, sunshine and, and rosy glasses and say, we are going to have a new provincial government in 2023. And uh, there'll be some exciting announcements in the beginning and we'll have a nice feeling in the city. And that's what I hope. Um, but Wait a minute, Esmahan. Wait a minute. I don't mean to interrupt you, but no matter what, we're going to have a new government in May. So you really took the easy way out on this one. Okay, no, obviously I was alluding to a Rachel Notley government. That's pretty clear. I should say like a new premier. And I was also going to say, I think we're going to, I mean, I know we're going to have a by-election in Calgary Heritage for a federal riding. And I think we're going to see someone who is involved with council in one way or another run in that riding. So I think we're going to see council go and extend its like, I don't want to say tentacles because that's a pejorative, but like extend its, I don't know, legs or whatever to uh, all, all orders of government here in Calgary. So that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Not very exciting on my end. Any other like little tiny predictions that you guys have, like anything that's not really bold, but maybe that you think we're going to see come up in 2023? I think we will get an arena deal done. Uh, I also think that we will see, although they've put it off to uh, perhaps the intent is to start the actual track laying construction of the green line in 2024, I believe they They're going to select in 2023. I actually think we could see some real work on the green line beginning uh, as late as fall 2023 or as early as fall 2023 and uh, kind of signaling that maybe we are perhaps a little bit ahead of schedule on this. So that would be another, another small, bold prediction from me. Jeremy, anything? No, I got nothing. My predictions would, I mean, these are such easy ones and they are not even 2023 back to the green line. I just, I just think that that cost will inevitably escalate and that's going to cause further news articles about, you know, how do we build transit out? It, it has to escalate. There's no way around it. I can't see a situation where we're on budget. I just can't. So that's that's my uh, very like 2027 prediction there. Do either of you think the Flames are going to win the Stanley Cup in 2023? I think they have the team, too. They've been such underperformers thus far. Uh, I really would like to see a lot more of them. And maybe it takes a little bit of time for the team to gel. They had the core of their team gutted. And, you know, we're only just past the, the quarter post of the NHL season so far and there's been glimpses of brilliance but not enough uh so ask me this question in like late February and I'll have a better answer for you isn't there some conspiracy theory that if a certain commissioner still stays on in the NHL that no Canadian teams ever going to claim the the Stanley Cup 
Like it's just a, it's a hilarious uh, uh, conspiracy theory. All right. Well, uh, with those bull predictions, as always, thank you so much for joining us. I am going to throw it to Darren for a little bit of promo. A little bit of promo, which is this holiday season. If you're looking to support something that is very local in nature, you know, there's a lot of talk about about supporting local over the holiday season. And there's no better way to do it than to support local journalism. But seriously, we are on a mission to get 500 members contributing 10 bucks a month. And that's to preserve strong local journalism here in the city. You can do it at patreon.com slash livewirecalgary. We had a great Calgary Food Bank event. I know that I mentioned in the last episode that we were going to try and activate our membership a little bit more. A really great uh, event where we were able to help out uh, during a three-hour shift at the Calgary Food Bank. Really made me feel good. I know it made a lot of our members feel good that they were able to participate that as well. And we have some plans already in the works for 2023 for members. So join up. I'm already a member, so uh, other people should join too. It'll be a great uh, holiday gift. Okay, well, if you want to talk about municipal politics, there's lots of ways for you to do so. Make sure to follow us and tweet us your municipal opinions. Darren is at livewire underscore DK. Jeremy's at JZ from Calgary. And I'm at Asmahan YYC. That's all, folks. Have a great rest of your year. Uh, Happy holidays. And... uh, Hope 2023 is the best year of the 2020s yet because we really deserve it.